second of the seven churches in Revelation. Oh, yeah. This one is Smyrna. Smyrna. Well, kick it off with a song. Let's All see. Right. I'm just going to grab one off the tab list. All right. Spontaneous. <laughs> this ought to be good, I think. Well, we'll see. It might, it might not. <laughs> <laughs> to the angel of the church at Smyrna. Uh, Jesus dictated to John. John gave it to each of the seven pastors. pastors or angels. Uh, translated messengers. Messengers. Uh, to the seven churches. And Smyrna was said to be the pride of Asia. Mm. <laughs> it was a position and a place that made uh, it very favorable for trade, so it was a very rich city. And located just 40 miles north of Ephesus, and 
currently is the modern day booming seaport city of Izmir. Uh, population of 4.4 million, which wow. uh, about half the size of New York City, uh, a little bit closer to the size of uh, L.A. Yeah, amen. Uh, one of the got the same kind of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably worse. Yeah, I was in Rome. I was in Rome there one time, and they back run over you over there. They don't what up. <laughs> they don't play. Uh, yeah, Smyrna was a was a city that was committed to idolatry, uh, and, and believe it or not, to the to the uh, worship of of the Roman emperor. Hmm. In AD 23, Smyrna even built the first temple to worship the Emperor Tiberius Caesar. Later, the Roman Emperor Domitian demanded worship, which may have had something to do with why Paul was banished uh, for preaching Christ. Notice the progression there, brother. You know, it was a voluntary worship to begin with. And then uh, the Roman Emperor, he demanded worship. And then uh, under later Caesars, it was then compulsory. Uh, and Roman citizens had to burn a, a pinch of incense on the altar to the godhead of Caesar. Mm. And having done this, he was then given a certificate to guarantee that he had performed his religious duty. Yeah, that kind of sounds like the, some of these modern-day, quote, churches. Uh, you know, go say your Hail Marys and Our Fathers, uh, pay your fine, and be on your way. It's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, you know, all Christians of the, of the day... All they had to do was to burn that pinch of incense and they could go on their merry way and they could worship however they chose or whomever they chose. But they had to start with Caesar, see? Mm -hmm. But this is exactly what many Christians of that day and in Smyrna would not do. For the Christian, there was only one God worthy of any worship and that was Jesus Christ. Polycarp, a uh, church elder, is often quoted by in a lot of your commentaries. Uh, he was one of those who said, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, and he was killed for his testimony. Mm. You know, brother, we see that kind of persecution in our world today. And uh, not necessarily here in the United States. I believe it's going to get that way probably before long if the Lord don't come back. Um, but I know a, a couple of missionaries, one had a spear thrown right into his podium. And told the next told if he didn't quit the next time it was going to be a little higher. Another one I knew had the cartel chase him out because their people were getting saved, and the government had to take care of it so that he could come back. But he was gone six months, brother, because they threatened his life. You know, Jesus describes himself here as the first and the last, mm -hmm. or the uh, Alpha and the Mega back in one eight. Uh, Alpha being the first letter of the alphabet, and Omega being the last of the uh, Greek alphabet. Uh, Jesus has no beginning, he has no end. He is, he is alive from the time of eternity past, and he'll be alive throughout eternity future. Well, you know, the Bible says in John 28, it says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall they pluck them out of my hand. And my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And Jesus says right here, I and my Father are one. Yeah, you know, Jesus is God. And he's always been and he always will be alive. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he is a living Savior. And he tells the church at Smyrna that, uh, that, that he is indeed the living Savior in order to encourage him to stick by the stuff because all those that overcometh will not be heard of the second death. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus knows that because he's already seen the end and 
he knows that just like he triumphed over death, all those who overcome will as well. His victory over death and the grave gives that assurance to all who put their trust in him. Amen. You know, in verse 9 there, brother, says, uh, to, he says this, this morning, he says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. Mm-hmm. Jesus is intimately involved in the works of his church. He still is. That's right. Because church is his bride. And, of course, he is intently interested in the work that's going on, uh, not only in those churches, but in ours today. Uh, and he certainly knows all the hardships and persecution that a church goes through uh, because he can identify personally with them. Look how they treated him when he was here. You know? well, Hebrews 4 and 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You know, brother, when we, we have problems, Jesus could, and we go to Jesus, Jesus could say, you know, I've been there, done that. Because he has. You know, uh, In contrast to some of the other churches, uh, Smyrna was in poverty, and they weren't just poor. You know, there's a difference between poor and poverty. Uh, they they were in poverty, and it must have been thought, uh, must have been it must have been brought on by their um, the works that they were doing for the Lord, because Smyrna was a very prosperous city, and surely they could have made a good living there anywhere. Uh, according to history, the, the church of Smyrna uh, knew poverty because they were fired from their jobs, uh, they were robbed and and plundered by uh, those who were unbelievers. Mm. Uh, even today in this country, uh, Christians are threatened and uh, or fired because they preach the gospel on the job. I'll tell you the first uh, first time I can remember personally, uh, I was working for a bakery down south. Uh, it was my first bakery that I was in. I wound up being with them for about six years, just different location. But in my first bakery, um, we were listening to music, or I was listening to music whenever I closed up, and the, the deli, they would listen to their music, and they'd crank all kinds of harsh, profane, all other kind of music over there, and uh, I just had my phone playing gospel music, and a manager of mine came over one time and told me that I needed to turn it off because the, the lyrics somehow offended somebody, and I said, oh, I'm, you must be mistaken because you must think that I'm one of them Christians that kind of just sit by the wayside and just let it go and will do what you say. I said, I have no problem getting a hold of a lawyer for religious discrimination. And I said, if they can blare that mess, I can play my music. Amen. I'm the only one in my department. <clears throat> so, You know, I wonder how they even heard it, brother. If they was blaring that, they had to walk through my department. Phil, mm-hmm. how'd they ever hear yours? Like, the Holy Spirit just said, you need to listen to this as they walk through, maybe. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I personally experienced that on my job, you know, before I retired, uh, and even since, uh, when we were forced out of neighborhoods around here uh, for knocking on doors and passing out gospel tracts, mm-hmm. brother, one time uh, up here in behind Red Apple, uh, they even called a sheriff on us uh, and uh, for knocking on doors and, and witnessing with gospel tracts. And we. Well, we've even had dogs turn loose on us. <laughs> it would be a mistake with me, brother. Yeah. Dogs can fly. <laughs> yeah, we're right about that. Uh, you know, but he also says, you know, uh, but thou art rich. Even though there's in poverty, God says, you're, you're still rich. Uh, what they have lost on the earth because of their witness mm-hmm. will be gained many times over 
in heaven. Uh, our riches in, as Christians aren't in this world, but in the world to come. Not only that, uh, there are riches that uh, we fail to even recognize sometimes. Well, you know, the, the Bible tells us that we need to lay up our treasures in heaven. Um, you know, where, where moth and dust and rust, all that, that can't corrupt. Thieves can't break in and steal. Uh, it says, and it also tells us that where our treasure is, there will your heart be also. Yeah, amen. And so we, we ought to lay up treasures in heaven. You know, how great, brother, is, is the riches of God's grace and, and, and favor. Uh, poverty is no hindrance to those things. Uh, and oftentimes, uh, you know, riches uh, are not a very favorable environment for God's grace and, and, and favor. Uh, in many cases, poverty is more favorable uh, to having the right spirit toward God than when someone has put in riches. Jesus says also that he knows the blasphemies of those who say they are Jews and are not. Uh, in this sense, those who say they are Jews are the ones who trust God and believe in Christ. Uh, Christians of that day uh, suffered more abuse by those thought to be religious men like uh, the Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees than they did by the world. I had a boss uh, one time, and you know he's retired military. Um, and he lived in this little bitty town up north. And there were only two people that did what he did for a living after he got out of the military. And he was the, the best of the best. This other guy was like, eh. Kind of like the difference in making you a good half pound hamburger on the grill at home. You know, taking that time to cook it just right. And then going down and getting like a dollar hamburger at McDonald's. Uh -huh. And so anyhow, um, he and his wife got a divorce. And because of that, the church there, uh, who will stay unnamed, but we kind of mentioned them already, uh, <laughs> told him, well, you got a divorce, so we're going to blackball you. Nobody in that little town would go to him. And he had 90% of the business for what he did. Well, everybody started going to McDonald's. Yeah, the other guy, yeah. You know, the other guy. And uh, it was all because of that. And whenever he came to the uh, religious leader and asked, well, what do I need to do? He says, well, first of all, you need to say this, this, and this. And then if you'll donate $5,000 to the church, we'll make it as if it never happened. Uh, needless to say, he was no longer a part of that church. Yeah. I don't much blame him, do you? <laughs> no. you know, in many cases, the religious leaders uh, of that day applied the pressure to have Christians fired from their job mm -hmm. because they were accused of you know, being heretics. You know. uh, those who say they're Jews and are not uh, here are, are said to be of the synagogues of Satan. What that means is that uh, those that, uh, instead of being called Jews, you know, that uh, they should have been called synagogue Satan because of who they're because of the, the doctors are teaching. Mm -hmm. They are of their father, the devil. And brother, the works of the father, they will do. Jesus had this exact same conversation with a, a, a bunch of Pharisees. He said, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. It says, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man 
that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said unto him, We are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. He says, Why do you not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Amen. You know, one of uh, Satan's favorite devices is to tie up uh, the would-be believers, uh, tie them up in like pomp and ceremony and laws and ordinances, uh, so that they uh, have neither the desire or the time to engage in the things that really matter, like Jesus Christ and His and His payment for their sins. Uh, you know, you can keep a if you can keep a prospect from Jesus Christ, uh, you have destroyed His opportunity for heaven and damned Him to a devil's hell. Mm. You know, brother, the, the Bible says that broad is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the way. To, to life eternal and few there are that find it and so uh, that old devil man when he sees somebody starting to hear God's word and he starts to to see them heading toward that narrow path man he interjects somebody to go, hey come on don't you know that this is the way you want to go just like everybody else you know, in verse 10 here brother uh, the church of Smyrna is encouraged to not fear the things which they shall suffer mm -hmm. Uh, you can't do much uh, that matters to a man that, that doesn't fear death. Not to mention one who even looks forward to it, like Paul. You know, Jesus never promised a Christian a rose garden, folks. In fact, he says, the godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And, brother, many people forget that it's not sunshine and roses, but even if it were, sunshine comes with sunburn. Amen. And roses come with thorns. You know, but you know, Jesus did, however, promise that He would never leave nor forsake you, and that that He would be with you during your suffering. And for those who are faithful unto death, they'll be given a, a a crown of life. And now, let me take just a minute and explain a couple of things that have already been said. So, whenever we say throughout the rest of the study, "He that overcometh," to him that overcometh, uh, that right there is. Only one way you can be an overcomer, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was talking about those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So every time you hear him talk about a crown of life uh, for those who endure to the end, that's not salvation because you cannot earn salvation. You uh, receive salvation because it's a free gift, and that's your decision to receive it or to reject it. Um, but if you have received Jesus Christ your Savior and are faithful... Uh, to the Lord, then at the end of his life, he will give you a crown of life or a reward crown. Yeah, yeah. That's for just what you've done. I just want several that are available. Let's do a study on that sometime. Hey, hey, hey. might do that. Content. <laughs> uh, you know, also included here uh, is a prophecy that, well, we really don't know how it was fulfilled. Uh, he, he says here, Behold, uh, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. Well, we know. That's just part of the prophecy, and there have been many Christians imprisoned 
ever since. The meaning here is that the devil will cause or influence some of the religious fakes who say that they are Jews and are not to bring charges against them and have them thrown into prison. Bro, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. And you know, that shouldn't be anything new because he, as he said, you are of your father, the devil. And we know that the devil himself, as the Bible says, has become an angel of light. Uh, he, he looks good, but in truth, he is death well, and destruction. If he was as ugly as the world um, puts, him, puts him forth as being, wouldn't nobody get near him. Nope. No, but you know, the Bible says he was a very beautiful creature. Yep. You know? Uh, you know, it was the intention by those of the synagogue of Satan to do harm to both Christianity and the Christian. But for them, it will actually be a trying of their faith, and they will come out on the other side smarter and stronger in that faith. <laughs> Now, this in turn will make Christianity stronger, defeating the intent of the enemies of the cross who brought all this upon them to begin with. Man, that must make the devil madder than a wet hen. He takes all this time planning and scheming and influencing to tear down Christians and tear down the Lord's church just to make it stronger than it was before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, second part of this prophecy uh, that we're talking about, they really don't know the ruler don't know how it was fulfilled. It says, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Uh, Satan may influence his children uh, to have the Christian in Smyrna thrown into prison, but God will limit that time to ten days. Mm -hmm. You know, that that have to be a little disappointing to the devil, too. Oh, yeah. You know? uh, well, we'll just throw you in and we'll get rid of you, you know. You go in there, he'll, they'll try his faith, he'll get stronger, he'll get smarter, he'll come out and he'll put the devil in his place. <laughs> you know, you know. It, it, it's, it is the thought here that the, the Christian, uh, to enter into the church of Smyrna uh, at this particular while, the time was, was to take his life and bet it on Christianity because it, it oftentimes meant that their, their, their living and their actual existence uh, was threatened by the fact that they were a Christian. The 10 days here pretty much remains a mystery today, but there are some ideas about its fulfillment. Well, yeah, brother, some think that the 10... Uh, days are 10 years in which the duration of the persecution under the emperor uh, Diodition would last. You know, others think it meant uh, over the, the terms of 10 Roman emperors uh, that this persecution would last. Well, still, others believe that it's simply an expression of speech and not to be taken literally. Yeah. Well, you know, myself, you know, I, I believe God means, God means 10 days. Uh, of severe persecution with the emphasis that it will be limited to 10 days. But it could be one of the others as well, you know. Uh, he ends his message here uh, with he that has an ear of letting hear. Uh, what the Spirit says to the churches. Now here's the message. He that overcometh shall not be hurt by the second death. You know, brother, that's still the message today. Most people think that the Bible's old, it's out of date, it's not relevant. Brother, that's still the message today. Amen. Right now, it's relevant. Everything in the Bible. And this is true. If you want to avoid that second death, you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. You know, brother, regardless of how bad the persecutions are, uh, we are assured of the victory. So, 
what we need to do as Christians is to just stand on the principles that God has laid out in His Word. Amen. The devil will always oppose the gospel. There ain't nothing changed there. Uh, and Jesus will always be there to help you through these times. Uh, and there's nothing going to change there either. That's right. Yeah, there is nothing for us to fear in the future world because we will be resurrected unto life everlasting. And you know, that moment is the eternal victory of the believer and the absolute defeat of the devil. Yep, amen. You know, our physical death on this earth, uh, or anybody's physical death on earth, cuts off all our hopes and dreams here on the earth. But the second death or punishment in hell, it cuts the unsaved all from the eternal goodness and the life promised to all of Christ's saints. In fact, brother, we used to say this. If you're born once, then you'll die twice. And if you're born twice, you'll die once. Yeah, amen. That first birth is a physical birth. And if you only have a physical birth, then you're going to die physically and spiritually. Yeah, that's right. However, if you're born physically and then born again spiritually by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you'll only die once. If the Lord doesn't come back before then, and that's a physical death. Yeah, you won't die spiritually ever. Right. You know, uh, Smyrna, you know, one thing we, we picked up here pre, when we read this thing was, but Smyrna is, is, is one of the churches that is not chastised with the words, uh, I have a few things against you. Mm -hmm. there, there's no, there, there's no uh, embellishment of that at all uh, in, these, in these verses. They've all, you know, they've, they, they have done all that they, they could do, and they have stood for Christ, and, and they have been persecuted because of it. Uh, of all the churches, brother, Smyrna is the only one that's in existence today. Hey, as we said earlier, it's the 4.4 million populous city of Izmir, Turkey. Yeah. You know, Jesus will sustain you. And, and the suffering they experienced while on earth is but a vapor when it's compared to an eternity. Uh, it is this promise that enables us to bear up under the trials of this life, uh, and its promises that, and, and it's his promises that disarms death and the grave. Uh, this body of flesh is just a vessel that holds our soul and our spirit, which will never die. The devil can never destroy the body; only God can destroy the, the body and, and the soul. Now that we are, brother, we shall always be. The difference, the only difference, is where you will spend that eternity at. Will it be in heaven, folks? Or will it be in hell? Mm -hmm. Sin has set all of us on the course to a devil's hell, devil's hell. But Jesus died that through his death, we can find eternal life in heaven's glory. Uh, he, that, uh, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But you must believe and trust on Him to receive that eternal life. Not to do so. Yeah. Hey, brother, not to do so guarantees you death for the second time in hell where you will be tormented for all eternity, forever. Yeah, but no one has to go this route, brother. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Change your destination today, folks. You can do that right now. Do that by admitting that you're a sinner, without hope and without remedy. You can believe down in your spirit that Jesus died for our sins and gave you the remedy for, the, for sins that you need to go to heaven. Then confess Him as your Savior, repenting of your sin, 
and ask Him to come into your heart and save your soul. Don't allow the devil and his influence to fool you any longer. The devil's a liar. Jesus came to save the souls of the lost. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. He gives them eternal life. Won't you do that today? Won't you do that right now? Amen. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. shall be saved. Amen. And so if you haven't done that, why not do that right now? Right now. And know that you are an overcomer. Amen. And will be spared the second death. What in the world do you got to lose? That's right. <laughs> Except hell. That's right. In fact, I had a fellow tell me one time, he says, uh, well, I don't believe anything happens when you die. And he said, so why should I believe? I said, well, what have you got to lose? I said, if you're right, nothing happens. But if I'm right, oh, wow. it's your eternity. Uh-huh, amen. And I'm telling you, God's Word says it. And that's the way it is. So if you would, um, if you would, just give your life to Jesus Christ, child of God. I don't know what you're going through. Uh, of course, we're sitting here behind a camera and some microphones. Yeah. Uh, but if you're listening, uh, there's nothing too hard, nothing too strong in this life that he can't give you the victory for. Amen. Uh, if you would just give it all to him. You know, the Bible says that we cast our cares upon him for he careth for us. And so, he's got big shoulders and he can carry us through anything. Yeah. Alright? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the day that you've given us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you'd help us, uh, Lord, to be kind of like Smyrna and the fact that, Lord, in the midst of persecution, may we stand strong. Uh, Lord, may we share the gospel, uh, regardless of what it may cost us, family, friends, uh, our job. Lord, we just pray that you would bless us. 
And Lord, just keep us safe. Lord, we just ask that if there's one that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they make that decision before it's too late. Lord, your children that are struggling, whatever it may be with, Lord, I pray they lay it down at your feet. Lord, give them the victory. Give them the strength that they need. Lord, we're so thankful for you allowing us to do this, Father, to share your gospel around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're watching us on Facebook, uh, be sure to hit the love and the share button. If you're on YouTube, be sure to like us and hit that uh, subscribe button. Hit that little bell. We'll give you notifications when a new video drops. Uh, and on YouTube, if you look right over here where Brother Doug's at, uh, you will see our last video. And if you click right here in front of me, it'll take you to our channel. Um, if you're on Spotify or any of our other podcasting networks, anchor.fm, um, be sure to like us, uh, follow us, turn your notifications on, and then uh, share the link. Share the link uh, with those around you. All right? Until next time, we're going to be in Pergamos. Pergamos. All right. As we said tonight, Smyrna is the only one standing. Yep. Most of them are gone. And we might just find out why. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.